Good day, mate. I'm just trying to Isn't be Australian. That that... It's it's democratic, you know. It's election day. We should be embracing our specific linguistic behaviors. Well, if anything, that's a, isn't that a, a colonial expression, Nick? Good day, Shouldn't mate. Should be saying uh, "woman jika." Okay, maybe I've been shown up, but how about that? I refuse to take that yeah. from the person who voted no for the referendum. So thank you very much. I won't have it. And a po- and an international postal vote at that as well. <laughs> yeah, by the you way. put in so much effort as well. <laughs> Like, so much effort for a, a cause that was already, to be honest, in an advantageous position. You still made the effort yeah. to send in your no vote from from Vietnam. I just wanted my voice heard. I wanted my <laughs> voice heard. Oh, fuck, it's depressing. It's depressing. It's not going to pass, is it's it? It's not going to pass. I don't understand why no. it's so controversial. Uh, you know, you know, people are, people are afraid. I don't know. People are, people are, uh, are scared to lose their traditions. They're scared to lose, uh, the Australia that has made them feel so comfortable and they're misinformed and they're ignorant and they're not ready to do the work, I guess. That is surprisingly, uh, intelligent of you. Like for a minute into this podcast, that is not our typical style. We're normally talking about shit here. We're literal like feces, oh. but where that was, that well, was a good answer. Fuck, uh, I don't know what's going on because this is um, this is probably the closest we've ever recorded or for for me in terms of uh, waking up time to hitting record. Oh wow! Because I've ha- I've had a bit of a rough I had a bit of a rough sleep last night. I was having kept having dreams that bugs were eating my face. Oh, which they very might will they may they could well be. <laughs> Eating my face. I, it might not we be lost, a dream. We lost a little bit of the fluency there that you had at the top. We we did hit some road some roadworks there in, in your expression, but I'm glad we made it through. I okay. Um, well, I don't really understand what you're saying. Is you, that about you started my, the way I and that? fumbling in a way that ah, was fuck? Yeah. I never realized that I'm, I'm like stumbling in the moment. I only realize when I listen back to the episodes, which is why I chose trying not to. And I cut a lot of it out. So if you're still hearing it in in the edit, that means that there was nothing I can do to get around it. Um, You were were sleeping poorly. I was just saying I had a rough night's sleep. And so I I woke up at like 6 a.m. There's a six-hour time difference for those listening uh, between Nick and I. So Nick's in the late afternoon at this stage and I'm in Mm. the kind of mid-morning and uh, and. Yeah, so I woke up at six. I'd had one of those, uh, you know, I'm on my phone a little bit. I'm I'm doom scrolling for a while, yeah. um, and then I'm like, you know what? I could I could probably get another half an hour to an hour in here, um, and I just kind of drifted off. And you know, it's Saturday morning. You know, it's, I'm in sunny Vietnam. Why the fuck not? Should I have a a, a lie in? And uh, and then it was like nine twenty when I when Lauren woke me up. 9.20 is like so, when my standard get out of bedtime is. So you're actually talking about my normal day. That's interesting because, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I guess that, that I consider that a, a lazy lion now. So you're in like a 7 a.m. wake up normally or what? What are we talking here? Yeah. Yeah, 7 to even on Even overseas. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because we're jumping around time zones so much. I just feel like it's um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know what's happening with our body clocks. You know, we don't necessarily have a schedule or a job, a nine to five job to wake up to mm. or for. Um, but I don't know. That's just kind of been our routine, I guess, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a few months in, if you're still getting up between seven and eight, that's pretty, pretty diligent, really. Yeah. It's also, um, it's a li- little bit, it felt a little bit chaotic, not only because I woke up a bit later than I wanted to, but also we have, um, we have a serviced apartment here in Fuquok and the housekeeping comes and makes your room every day and gives you fresh towels and fresh linen and everything. Mm. And they usually come around 9.30, um, but this time they came around like just as we were about to hit record. Mm. And, um, and I had to, for the second time, I've had to put up the, like the, I, they just went AWOL. I don't know where they are. Um, but are they they're going to come the back. No, they're gonna. They're outside. They're, I can see they're cleaning other rooms, but oh. they're going to come back at some point during this pod. So I've oh. had to put the uh, the "Do Not Disturb" sign on the door, oh. um, out of respect for you, mate. Thank you. Um, and and I just feel like that's a little harsh. Like the I was just saying to Laura, like the "Do Not." I wish it just said, you know, if it's okay, can you please come back later? I love you. Yeah. You know, I just I just think that please I'll do pay not you disturb. Fifteen dollars. Yeah. It's, it's just too much for, uh, maybe I could make my own please do not disturb signs that are a little bit more like beta. You and know? it's not, it's, <laughs> it's like it, disturb is so harsh as well. Like that's, that suggests, that's implying that what they do would be like unappreciated or like really disruptive. Yep. But really you just mean like, now's not convenient for me, but I'd love if we could hang later. Something like that. That's what I want. Yeah. Something a little bit more like apologetic. Yeah. It's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me, yeah. It's it's my fault. I have a, I have a very important podcast to attend to. <laughs> yeah, internationally uh, renowned podcast, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, just backtracking to the voice for a second, I read someone's post somewhere calling tradition just peer pressure from ghosts, and that, <laughs> that really good. stuck with me. Um, but it That's does feel good. a bit like that. Like, it's, it's uh, it shouldn't be this hard it's... to do a very innocuous, and yet meaningful step for people and yet it's not going to pass well yeah it's 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 fear of change clearly which is um fear of change is something embracing change is something often associated with a younger thinking um and i think that this is a generational it seems to be a generational issue uh and divide in many in many ways and, and I and, feel and like to 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 support what you're just saying generational in like a problem as well like this has been a problem in terms of how Australia has dealt with indigenous people for generations you know like it's a right. it's a generational issue in terms of the divide and the vote but it's a generational issue in terms of this has been hundreds of years of mistreatment and it should be so obvious that like a non-binding advisory board is not going to like strip the rights of everyone else or, you know, interfere with the democratic process. And yet somehow, somehow that's been the the image. It just feels like it's so, it's so wet. It's so soft anyway, that I don't even, I don't understand, you know, the, the specific politics of it, but I just feel like if this wasn't a referendum, they could have just done it and no one would have really cared. I think that's a very 
interesting point because I, I mean, speaking as uh, a survivor of the plebiscite with the gay marriage vote, where it's like, well, we're not just going to decide things. This is a moral question in which all of Australia needs to have its say. It's like, fucking no. Why was it a moral just problem? Do just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. Do it. I mean, I, to be fair, I, I believe legally the referendum stuff uh, is required because you're changing. It's a proposal to change the constitution and changing the constitution might have a requirement. I'm, I'm throwing my mind back to the old law days. It might be the case yeah. that if you're proposing to change the constitution, it needs to be via referendum. So that might be the reason. But I don't know. It, it just seems like it should be so much, as a, as a country, Australia should be so much further along in terms of embracing something so simple that would be so meaningfully impactful. And yet when I speak to everyone over here, like in New Zealand, they're like, wow. So there's like this big debate about this issue of having like indigenous people get a say. And I'm like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, that's, it's sort of a hot button topic. And they're like, well, you know, it'll be good when it comes through. I'm like, oh no, no, it's not passing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this won't succeed. Yeah. And yeah, New yeah. Zealanders are like, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think, um, you know, if it is a generational issue, and I, I don't have any statistics to back it up, it's just com com complete uh, gut intuition that it does feel like maybe this is one of the last, um, the last big things that uh, the older generation, boomers, and so on, might have uh, a, an effect on. Because I just can't. I just I feel like change is coming from the youth in Australia as well yep. I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of you know younger conservative traditional minds out there as well but and I just, to be fair older liberal like, types but yes and it feels like it feels like this is maybe the last kind of thing that they will meaningfully affect um in terms of uh, culture in australia maybe yeah but that's i mean when i think about getting older I think intrinsic in my understanding of my life and my role is the idea that there are people coming up after us, right? And that influences things like the way you, you know, want to generate energy because the consequences of coal production in mines and that kind of thing don't necessarily affect my lives, but affect the lives of people to come. And I think mm. intrinsically that there's part of a, uh, part of your, social obligation as a human being in a society is understanding that at a certain point there are other people coming up after you and if you are thinking and make about making these kind of decisions i think it's a really uh futile effort if it feels like generationally if you can look at the stats and the numbers and go well young people want this and then we know that at some point there will be a majority of young people and and subsequent generations who will have the numbers in order to pass a thing. It feels so like snotty to be planting your head in the sand or to like put your foot down and say, no, not while I'm around, not yet, just wait. Mm. Um, and I, I guess I hope that as I get older, I have the... Uh, willingness to be flexible about that stuff and, and to embrace the future that my kids want 
even if it doesn't necessarily align with what I expected or what I grew up with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I'm getting at? I absolutely do. I think about this all the time. Um, it's an open-mindedness and uh, and a, a willingness to accept uh, that things will, like you said, change and not maybe um, turn out the way you expected or even maybe the way you hoped, but it's a, it's a willingness to be flexible um, and like a, an adaption to society and culture. It's like these like stand-up comedians that I watch all the time. You know, you can, you can say that you can say that, Oh, I can't use this word now, or I can't, you know, uh, the crowds are too sensitive on this topic now, but the best comedians are the ones that have kind of, um, changed with that and have embraced it and always embraced the fact that embrace the fact that words will change and i think that's like kind of similar to value like cultural values as well yeah i just don't want to calcify you know i don't want to end up stuck looking backwards at a time that was instead of appreciating everything that the world is now and still could be i don't think you will nick i mean that sincerely i don't think you i don't think you will Mm. Well, we might. I will, though. <laughs> we might circle back to that in uh, today's discussion. But in the meantime, the music's playing. So, welcome to Deep oh. Fort, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. It feels like a while for me and Mike. It'll probably feel about the same amount of time for everyone else listening. But this is a podcast in which we discuss issues of the day through the eyes of the night. We're Batman. Nice. Sitting through the internet with me, my friend, Michael. Yo. Yo, yo, yo. And I'm Nick. Hey. Thanks for being here. Hey. Big app. Big, Big app today, Nick. I've got to say. Oh, you've got you some jet. things lined up? Oh, boy, do I have some things lined up. I've got some things lined up, so, man, we shouldn't fuck around. Let, rattle them off. Get tell, tell, me, tell me what's on the agenda here. I'll tell you what i got on my agenda, and we can work out what we're doing, because i got I, I got some, some cannons ready to fire. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you what I've got, but I've got a, I've got a, I've got something that you're going to want to hear, and the listeners are going to want to hear. I got something that you're going to want to hear. How's that for a trailer? <laughs> and I, That's I great. honestly, I think I should lead with it. I think okay. I should go first. You want to go into this, and this is just. Can you give me a vague sense? Is this story time, or is this like news topic discussion? This is not news topic. I mean, it is news, but it's not news topic. Okay. Okay. It's not to- topical in that sense. <laughs> it's, it's really old news. It's from the 1700s. It's old news. <laughs> yeah. I want to I want to talk about the printing press. I just read a killer <laughs> article. I mean, God, I got we, a should real... talk, we should talk Gutenberg sometime. There's there's a lot to there's a lot to enjoy. Love the Goots. Um yeah, I assume we're going to solve the Israel-Palestine conflict <laughs> at some point, but Yeah. Not today. We'll, we'll save that to the end. We'll save it to the end. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Be a little teaser. <laughs> And stay, and stay, and stay tuned, tuned for the solution. For a solution to the Middle Eastern conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Clickbait. Um, do you want to rattle off uh, whatever? Yeah, I got a couple got? of myths. I um, I went traveling uh, a couple of weekends ago, so I got one little story moment from some travels. Um, and then I thought that we could talk about some AI stuff as a bit of a, a topic thing because there's developments in AI, and I thought, you know, why don't we um, why don't we touch base with some of those but um 
If you've got something, just a just a real classic Nick dish that isn't it? Uh, I went to, I went on a hike and I wouldn't talk about robots. Yeah, I mean that's that's that's, that's the shade of promise. Nick one hundred and one. Yeah. yeah. Um. So if that's where we're sat, um, please fire away. All right. Well, um, so we're in Fukuok right now, Lauren and I. Been saying so we came. We last time I spoke to you, we were in Cambodia. Yeah. Um, and we've we we went back to Vietnam after that because we kind of the Vietnam's reopened the three month visa. Blah blah blah. Not important. We're back in Vietnam essentially. So this time we were doing the south of Vietnam. Um, and we Does it went feel like to... you can never really escape Nam? Like it's it's sort of stuck with you in your mind, and uh, maybe for years to come, you'll have sort of flashbacks to your time here. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Um, I will say though, I did have a bit of a PTSD moment, I guess. But because um, because we're because we're coming back to Vietnam, you know, we've we know the language and we know the currency. It's the first country that we've actually been back to. You know, we we spent a month here uh, a few months ago, and so you know, we're going through customs, and you, there's like a little bit of cockiness that creeps in. You know, You're right. like okay, yeah, there's that. That unfamiliarity, that's gone, you know. I, I'm like, yeah. oh, this, is, this is like fellow, this is like my second home at this point. You know, the homies, yeah. the homies yeah. are over there. I know a little, I know a little language. Yeah, game um, recognizes game. You. you walk down the street, they're looking at you, you're looking at them, you're like, we know what's going on here. 100%, Nick. So we're getting to, I'm going through customs and, uh, and the customs, you know, usually you kind of, you'll learn a few words on the plane, you know, you learn thank you, you learn please, you learn excuse me, you learn I'm sorry for stealing the apple. Um, um, and I've, I'm kind of going in my head, I'm like, okay, I, I know the word for thank you, the phrase. So I'm just going to hit the customs guy with a, with a thank you right off the bat, trying, you know, just to get in the swing of things again. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the guy uh, takes, my, takes my passport or whatever, and I go uh, very confidently, Gumga. Uh, mm-hmm. So I say Gumga to him, which, you know, I've been practicing in my head as thank you. And then, uh, I, you know, I meet up with Lauren again and I said, you know, I hit the customs guy right out the gate with a uh, with a thank you. Mm-hmm. I said Gumga to him and he gave me a weird look and she said, that's because you said chicken rice. <laughs> so he gave me back my passport <laughs> and I said chicken rice, my man. Um, okay, so and I, I, to, 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 to draw this full circle, what is thank you? Uh, gamon. You were nowhere close. You were way off. No. You were, I was, you were the second, streets the second away. But I just, I like the idea that, you know, this guy's <laughs> famously a very stern uh, job. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, I just said, you know, gave him a wink. Chicken rice, my man. Thank you. Michael. And he's just gone, all right. Yeah. Well, I think hope, hopefully I made his day. He's like, yeah, this I weird mean, white guy just said chicken rice to me. He on. will have told people. So you have, <laughs> he has gained something from that. You can be sure. But man. I hope so. Next, That's you know, pretty good, isn't it? Third time back into Vietnam, maybe he'll still be on the desk and you can, you can double down. Next just time. double down. Double down. Go back no, for Just it. double down. That's <laughs> a chicken fried rice. I just keep adding up. Anyway, that's not the story. That's um, not so the we, story? No. Oh. <laughs> it gets better, Nick. Wow. Um, so we come to Saigon, okay. also known as Ho Chi Minh City. I like saying Saigon because it's a little bit more romantic. Is it outdated? Like, did they... 
Is it like I calling think the, Thailand Siam? The, or is it not? Uh, I don't it's know. It's like still, I haven't, it's still like I haven't use. done the legwork. Okay. Don't so know. it could be offensive. They still use Saigon everywhere. Um, you know, okay, you so it's the still airport. in it's cool. The airport symbol is uh, the code is SGN still. Okay. Anyway, so we go we go to Saigon and we we heard uh, a few things about Saigon that's you know it's a bit too busy blah blah blah. We're a bit of a fra- bit afraid of the busyness, the hustle and bustle. We don't want that. But four days we fall in love with Saigon, mm-hmm. and. So Lauren and I get dressed. We're going out for a lovely dinner, um, and I got to—I really got to start with the ending here. Um, and this is the news: asked her to marry me, my boy. Oh, oh shit! I'm engaged. Congratulations! I'm engaged, oh my gosh! Yeah, dude. Wow! I had—I—I yeah. I, I want you were glowing. I thought there's something different about this guy. Lack of sleep. Um, yeah, dude. What? So we're engaged now. How? Why? And where? Yeah. So this is this is this is why I wanted to. I'll, I'll try to condense it down. Uh huh. Um, but essentially, you know, I've been thinking about asking Lauren to to marry me. We'd been travel. We've been traveling for four months, and you know, I had a vague idea that I was going to ask her on this trip. But you know, wanted to see how the trip goes first because you know it can get a little, could get a rock, could get a little rocky. Sorry, you, know? you just pausing there. You had a sense even before leaving Australia that that yeah. maybe there was an opportunity here. A fake idea, you know. I'll see how the trip goes. If we don't tear each other apart, you know, yeah. I'll I'll pull oh, the trigger. Okay. So we get to Cambodia, and all this all this time on our travels, I've been. Uh, looking vaguely at like independent jewelers i know like lauren would want something ethically made there's also these other other all these parameters all these uh, obstacles that you're kind of fighting with I, I don't necessarily want to get like a a diamond that she has to carry around with her in her bag and stuff i want to get something that's like ethically ethically made yeah like a ring i'm talking about i don't know yeah. if i said it talking about no I, I think we're um following so I found this one jeweler in um, Siem Reap who they actually started by making um, they're melting bullets um, oh. into jewelry. So okay. they're melting it down and turning it into jewelry. It's called ammo. And um, lovely jeweler, um, you know, they employ all women. It's like it's it's, it's above board, you know. So I, I got a ring made in Siem wow. Reap on the last day. So I've been I'm I'm making excuses. Yeah, ducking to leave away. The house. Yeah, Lauren's getting suspicious that I'm having an affair with a 14 year old Cambodian woman. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like saying I ne- I'm literally saying things like I think I just need some alone time and then leaving. <laughs> God, that's yeah. that's a gamble, isn't it? Because you know, some of that language if if you if you lay it on too thick, all of a sudden you're not proposing to anyone. I just don't want no. to be around you anymore. I just need <laughs> yeah. time apart. I just want well, to go. I was running out of here. excuses. <laughs> yeah. I was running out of excuses. There's only so many times you can say, "I need a, uh, I need to go out and buy some apples." <laughs> That's the second time I brought up apples. I have terrible diarrhea, and I don't want to ruin this bathroom, so I'm just going to go out and use a public toilet. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so I got this ring made, <clears throat> and I'm I'm going back, and you know, I'm all these other things like trying to get her ring size to steal say, a ring. How do you know? It's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah. And you know, I'm also I'm also doing this research while she's, you know, in close proximity to me. Yeah. You know, there's a few moments where she's seeing, 
you know, this, the screen and I'm like kind of shutting my laptop shut. So yeah. it's getting a little suspect. Uh-huh. Um, so I got this ring made. Then on the last day that we're leaving, I get a text from the jeweler saying it's ready. Like, thank fuck because I'm leaving tomorrow. So had they promised um, it would be done in time or did you just take a gamble? Took a gamble, baby. Took a gamble. Shit. I thought, you know, worst, worst case scenario, they could maybe mail it out to me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, got it made, uh, got picked it up on the last day. Then, um, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for, so we arrive in Saigon. I've got the ring in my, my pocket. I put it in my jacket. I put it in my jacket sleeve, rolled it up real tight, put it in the bottom of my suitcase, kind of freaking out. Cause I'm like, I don't know if, you know, it's going to get the customs guy going to pull it out and say, what's that? Oh, I'm going to have to explain it, blah, blah, blah. I'm also, I'm not. She's not like a really big, she doesn't want a big show. I knew, I knew that. So like I had to do it like a an opportune moment and not yeah. like in front of a crowd or whatever. So oh, we went no, to Saigon and, you know, I'm carrying it around for a few days and we're really loving it. We're having a good time. And and then one night we're, we're um, uh, also I'm kind of keeping it on my person if and in the hopes that, well, not in the hopes, but like seeing if there is like a, a moment where it feels right. Yeah. Which is a very ha- stressful thing. I was going to say, that has to be like 25% of your brain function at all times is consciously thinking totally. boxes in pocket, boxes in pocket. Yeah. Where did I, where, oh, for, oh, no, it's still there. It's okay. Yeah. Um, And so one night we're getting, we, we have, we just had a lovely day. We're like, let's go, you know, we're kind of doing things on the on the cheap here most nights and we thought you know let's have a let's have a bit of a nicer dinner let's go to a rooftop bar have a have a drink so i've got the thing on me and we go to this one we go to there's one rooftop bar in my research that i was like this place looks beautiful and i feel like this is the spot so we get there and there's like a giant roller door closed in front of it um and there's no explanation it says it's open on google but the lights aren't on nothing's no one's home. It's not happening. Yeah. So, so I, I messaged them on, on Google. Um, just the, I messaged the business on Google. Anyway, in that time, we go across the street to another rooftop bar, which is, it's kind of nice, but like, it's I don't not know. That it's not it's, it's, it's no vibe. There's like two guys behind. They're smoking. It just kind of feels like a sports bar. So we go to the terrace and there's no one on the terrace. And we're kind of looking at the Saigon skyline and I'm thinking, okay, but there's no music playing. There's no one up there and there's barely any furniture set up. So I'm kind of thinking maybe this could be the, the moment. We, hit, we start talking and I um, and I decide that, you know, this is, I reckon this might be, this might be the moment. But at this point, my the ring's not on my person. It's on my uh, little, uh, what do you call it? Satchel, uh, bum bag Your thing. fanny pack. Strapped. Fanny pack. So I go downstairs to the bathroom and I put the ring in my pocket and I think I'm going to play on our phone because there's no music playing. I'm going to play on my phone one of our songs and, you know, it's nighttime, beautiful yeah. skyline, uh-huh. and I'm going to do it right there while there's no one there. Uh-huh. So I get the phone, I come back, rings in my pocket, come back upstairs, put the phone on the table and I open Spotify. Lauren's just on her phone at this point. Uh-huh. And I go to play one, you know, one of our songs and... Uh-huh cleaner comes up to sweep at that precise moment he comes up and he's just sweeping he's just not even he's not barely even sweeping he's just he's just kind of looking like he wants to 
he wants he's trying to look like he's working but he's not working i'm like you you're you're really messing up my vibe here my man <laughs> so anyway he sticks around too long that the moment's passed and i'm like oh. it's off it's off it's off and i'm i actually put the ring back in my from my pocket into my satchel and lauren was just on her phone this whole time and she was like what's that and i had actually pulled out some cigarettes at the time she was because i was stressed yeah um you know and not because i have an addiction no 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 feel for stress reasons yeah so i put the ring back in the in the satchel and took cigarettes out and she said what's that and i was like shit she's found it but she was talking about the cigarettes yeah anyway trying to cut this down we go to dinner we just go to get pad thai and we have some prawns, or whatever, and we think oh, I got a message back from the uh, from the other, from the first rooftop bar saying they're open. So we're like, oh, let's let's go. We, you know, we came all this way. We'll we'll go back there for for a drink. Um, so we go up there. The owner lets us in. There's another couple there, but it's a beautiful terrace. It's kind of nicely lit with like fairy lights. Same view of the skyline. It's nice. It's mm-hmm. really nice. It's cute. They're playing like cute music. So. In my head, the, it, it was off. It was off at this point. Yeah. But then we then we start talking, Lauren and I. We start talking about our future together. We start talking about you know how excited we are about you know kids and you know settling down and all that stuff. You know, we're talking about that in the context of our trip. Yeah. And it just felt like the moment. Here we go. It felt organic. Yeah. So I go, this is it in my head. And as as we're talking about this conversation, you know, talking about our love for each other, how much fun we're having, our future together, I pop the ring out and I get down on one knee and her face contorts like I've never seen it contort <laughs> in my life. And she initially, I had to convince her that it was, that it was real. I mean, it's me that we're talking of about course. here. Yeah. yeah, I would have assumed that you had to ask at least five to six times before she was I convinced that it was a real offer well i I got got down on one knee and i said you know will you marry me she was like is this real and i said you know i've never been more serious in my life and then she didn't really say yes she just cried and i was like i kind (laughs) of need a kind of need an answer here to (laughs) it i was like hey hey Um, and she like (laughs) she eventually let out a uh like a real just like a kind of a squeal uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, and then, cause I hadn't planned this to happen. I'm like, we've got to get some champagne to celebrate. Yeah. And so I go up to the girl behind the bar. I'm like, can we get two glasses of champagne? She's like, what's champagne? <laughs> I'm like, any, anything sparkling? Bubbles. She's like, I have no idea. And I was like, you know, I don't want to lose the moment. So I'm just like, give us two of that. And I just picked something and it was gin gimlets or whatever. So they bring off these like weird looking drinks to our table and <laughs> we sell it we cling to with that and uh the rest is history i guess oh, I, i'm and engaged the, the ring, boy the ring did it fit did she like it the ring fit it's maybe a slightly too big um it's not where our plan is to our plan is to kind of maybe upgrade the yeah. ring yeah um, people do there, it's still yeah. it's still valuable it's still yeah. valuable but like you know especially in asia as well you don't know exactly you don't know if you're got. gonna get a fake yeah diamond or whatever and you know what's something that she can like treasure but like it's not gonna it's not gonna kill it's not gonna destroy her if you know it gets lost yeah um 
But yeah, I can't, I feel kind of grown up now, I gotta say. Well, congratulations, man. I'm really happy for you. That's really romantic. I'm, I'm excited that it did work out um, after what were probably some stressful days of um, Very s- wondering and, and doubting and yeah, got the emotional turmoil. I'm, I'm really happy for you. And you do, yeah, it thanks. seems like you're taller and older and like more of like an adult now, like just visibly. Yeah. My balls are just have dropped a dropped. few inches, which is, which is about time. Finally. But you know, this, this happened, uh, by the way, this happened like before, just before we released the last one. Oh, so I've been kind of wanting like to sitting on it for weeks. I've been sitting on it and tell me if this is not wife material. You know, obviously you want to do the social media thing, but Lauren suggested, no, you got to drop it on the pod first. So you have deliberately withheld this news for podcast benefit. What what a woman. What a woman. You've done well, Michael. Thank you, Lauren. I mean, congratulations to you both. If nothing else, good content. And that's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. What should what should I do to demonstrate my commitment to my partner? Well, I'd really love to release a podcast about it. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll propose. <laughs> so, um, uh, apolo- we have we've told like friends and family, uh-huh. um, but we haven't told. You didn't tell uh, me. You know. Well, Nick, yeah, I wanted I to it. see I the look it. on your face. I get it. You know, I get it. I'd do the same but- thing. I did think about I did think about it, but you know, no. Mrs. No, no. She insisted. Yeah, good call. Um, I'm I'm real happy for you both. That's that's very exciting. Um, are you going to have the wedding over there? Do I need to look at flights because it, it's expensive? You know, I probably can't make it. Um, well, well, I think uh, you know the initial discussions are a uh, few ideas have been floating around and. Um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but uh, New Zealand was definitely on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. Lauren's got uh, you know some family there, and mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty. Uh, from what I hear, is you've got a mountain or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I've yeah. heard. I've heard good things. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah we'll see how we go. Well, that's very that's very exciting. I'm very happy for you both. Um, you look happy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked for you. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, I you I um I you're welcome. <laughs> so now when, try, hey, what what do you tell me about your hike? So went for a hike in uh, uh, Taranaki, which is sort of central western North Island. We went out for a road trip. You know, had some trouble with the ferries, getting over and back, delayed both times, bit of a pain. Went out there mm. specifically to go walk up a mountain, like around a national park, and weather was terrible and raining, and then we decided to go up anyway, and it was completely abandoned, and then we went hiking and we got caught in a snowstorm, which I sent you some photos of, very pretty. But yeah. here, here's the story that I want to, to really just emphasize as as perhaps the main takeaway from this trip. And I think okay. coming off the back of your big story, you'll understand that I have to bring my narrative A game here in order to even have a chance of, of following up your, your big news. 
So okay, just picture this. We, we've had a sort of unexpectedly magical hike up in the the mountain. We ended up at the top of this um, uh, sort of lookout area and, and caught in the snow. It's magical. It's like we're having snowball fights. Like I've never really been in like a snowstorm before. We built a little snowman. Like having a lovely time. No one else around. But, you know, enjoying it. We'd been sent up that path by like a, a ranger in a hut up there. And <laughs> we uh, we were like, oh, are there any sort of hazards? You know, like, is, is it safe for us to go out and about? Because the weather's a bit wild. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, head up that way. Go have a look. And so we wandered off for maybe 45 minutes to an hour up this track and, and came back down again and went back to the hut to um, sort of be like, hey, you know, we're safe. We're back. And there's just a sign on the door saying, Closed early, gone home. <laughs> so she she set that. us up into a snowstorm up a, up a mountain, and then been like, "It's well, a bit too bit too stormy." Closes at three, so yeah. I might just hightail it, and you know, Fair assume enough. they'll be fine. Um, yep. So then we um, we had this sort of like nice experience. And then on the way back, there was this garden that was just listed off the side of the road. We're like, oh, that sounds nice. Maybe we'll go have a wander around the garden. And we've pulled up in this car park. And again, there's like no one else there because it's been a horrible weekend of weather. No one else is trying to get out and about. So we park up in the car park and we go back. It's this sort of beautiful thing with lots of manicured beds and we go for a wander and it's it's quite pretty turn around sort of like end of the afternoon like we've had we've had done a bit of walking getting on with the day come back into the car park and there is another um, camper van there now there's one other car with a camper van and as we walk out um, towards our car we look at this camper van and it is completely transparent windows and there's two people just absolutely fucking each other's brains out in the car yes dude (laughs) Hell yeah. Just legs in the air, like no oh. curtains up, just straight, just like, you know, Fuck yeah. things moving. <laughs> is, it rocking? Thing shaking, is it rocking? Like it's it's a cliche. It's but the, It's like a national lampoon. This guy is going stuff. to town with absolutely no care in the world who's or what is Fuck around. Yeah. Because to be honest, there was no one else around except us. And yeah. Now, are just... we talking? Are we talking? Are we talking Mish? Are we talking Doggy? What are we talking? Let's get graphic here. I mean, due to the height of the caravan, all I could really see was legs up in the air and him behind her. But I don't know exactly what sort of positioning was going there on the bed. But okay, and know, what age are we talking? Youngish, approximately. Yeah. Well, he was young. I couldn't see her. But okay. very... hopefully she was not younger. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it was, you know, adults and consensual. Yes. Okay, I, okay, I, okay, okay. I don't think there was any sort of like kidnapping involved or anything like that. I think I could, I'm just saying that because that would, you know, dramatically elevate your story. It, it, I mean, I thought it was I was up there already, but if if you're saying it needs to, you know, like a few. No, minutes. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm still I'm still enthralled. Yeah, and so we we went back into our car and we're like. Hmm. And then we drove away. That's amazing. I've always wanted to uh, kind of witness a scene like that. I got to say. Yeah, it was. You know? It was memorable. It was memorable, and I admired it. I was like, you know, yeah. good for you. You know, living life to the fullest. Do you ever have that thing of um, like you know, case you and Casey have been 
um, together for a while. When you see something like that, and it's obviously like quite, you know, that's a that's a passionate, you know, maybe early relationship, early relationship thing to do. Possibly, do you ever have yeah. that feeling of like when you see like that sort of passion and go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Just, in, you, where did that go? You both make excuses. You both make excuses sure. as to like, oh, that's just, it's just too cold for that. It's <laughs> too like cold. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we got up so early, you know, like, I, yeah, I just don't have that kind of energy. Yeah. yeah. No. We, no, no. we have, I mean, the cars, the car seats don't go back that far. You know, we, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't do that there. You know, not, not in our vehicle. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's great! I'm, I'm you. You witnessed uh, you witnessed uh, uh, a wild fucking, which is yeah, everyone's dream. A, a wild, wild fucking. Yeah. Did you record or you didn't? No, hit? no. For I the thought, for the Patreon. No, no, I mean, I find um, heterosexual sex kind of revolting, just intrinsically. Not something it's that really same. I'm not like let's grab nah. my phone out. No, me neither. <laughs> Alrighty, well, on slightly more serious note, um, not no, well, I don't want to. I don't want this to feel weighed down or burden, you know, the the light, exciting news of this podcast. But, but you're going to buy us death. But here we go, us, yeah. death. It comes for us. No. Right. Um, so AI, uh, we've been talking about this on and off for a few years here, and I want to just revisit this briefly because we're seeing some developments here in terms of the personalities and the voices and, and different iterations of this now beyond like language models and text. We're getting close to a to a place where the her idea, the Spike Jones film of this like disembodied AI voice in your pocket who's you know, always in your ear, always around, it is looking more and more um, within reach. Um, and so I just wanted to touch on a couple of, of AI developments here and just get your vibes on it. Um, the first one here mm. is uh, developments in terms of chat GPT models. Um, so there was an, uh, an article here written by Casey Newton talking about the development of chat GPT's surprisingly human voice and this idea that we're on the precipice now of seeing uh, or like synthetic beings or, or interacting with synthetic beings in a, in a very tangible way. Um, so just recently, OpenAI announced latest updates for ChatGPT. One feature lets you interact with the large language model via voice. Another lets you upload images and ask questions about them. So now it's got this sort of much more powerful interaction model, um, but it's adding a voice to ChatGPT, which gives it almost more of a sense of personality now, where previously right. you were interacting with this interface like a text box. And now it's like a Siri model where all of a sudden hearing something back and hearing the very natural language from something like that coming back adds a humanness that has perhaps been missing from some of this other stuff. So it's like earnest, cheery kind of tireless voices that are now going to mm. be in your phone and now easily accessible, which brings us like really close to this, like the outlines or the shape of this her thing, this like empathetic companion that people fall in love with. Um, and I, I take it that mm. these comparisons to her are sort of cliche when discussing AI and Silicon Valley now, but it's no longer like a distant 
sci-fi dream it, it seems like it's just around the corner so casey newton in this column says that he asked the speaking version of chat gpt to give him a pep talk so that he could hit his deadline because he was running behind schedule and the model did its best to like gas him up and like get him in the mood which is like this sort of emotional step forward now where you can have someone speak you these kind of interactions that perhaps on text wouldn't have felt as meaningful Mm. Um, so I wonder how, what your um, feelings here are about perhaps this threshold we're about to cross where AI becomes more human and more 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 personable. Yeah, well, the first thing is I feel like there is a lot of, especially recently, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot more loneliness in the world. And I wonder if this AI, as much as we might have cautions or suspicions about it i wonder if it can feel a very real gap um, in society i think um, people are talking to each other less i think i heard a statistic the other day that said that in the in the 1960s um men above the age of 40 could say that they had three very close male friends and now that's you know that's dropped to like 20 percent or something like that so i want i do wonder if if ai can actually serve a very real and important purpose here in providing people with companionship. Um, it's, um, it's interesting that you that touch on that. that. Sorry, uh, just to, to piggyback that because you set me up perfectly. It was one yep. of the examples here that this this author, Casey Newton, wrote about was when he was early um, in the discussion of, of this AI stuff, a, t- a trans teenager had messaged him to say that they were using ChatGPT to get daily affirmations about identity issues, giving like a warm and kindly voice to reaffirm things that they weren't getting in their own life. So I think you're a hundred percent on the money that people will use this as a real, uh, I mean, crutch sort of has negative connotations, but like as a, a stopgap where it's it's missing in their lives. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, you know, if you, you had a father that left, you know, you didn't have a father figure in your role, maybe you can, you can have that father figure voice that yeah. you needed in your life. And psychologically, it could be very beneficial. Um, the other thought that I had with this is kind of circling back to what we were saying at the start of the pod about change and about hoping to be open-minded as we get older. And the thing about open-mindedness as you get older is that uh, you can think of yourself as, you know, kind of, you can think of yourself as open-minded and you can think, you know, uh, if, you know, if I have a, a gay son, you know, I'm going to accept them and, and you know, um, encourage them and, and be, you know, a very sympathetic and loving parent to that, to that child. That's all well and, well and good to say in this day and age. But think about our parents. Our parents, for our parents' generation, when they were having kids, trans, wasn't even in the conversation. Yeah. You know, there was no, it wasn't even on their radar. So to be presented with that as an option, it's like, well, I thought I was open-minded, but I was, I was, that was the limit to that was gay, but now trans, like, I'm like, now I have to get my head around that. And what I do think with, with our generation, when we have kids is that it will, that, open-mindedness needs to extend beyond the things that we can imagine or uh, think up in our current society. Mm. And I I do wonder if AI 
will be a part of that. You know, we'll have kids by the time, you know, if we had kids today, say, and then, you know, they get to 16 in the year, was my math, 2040, right? Let's yeah. say we have a, we both have 16 year old children in the year 2040. And then your daughter brings, says, I, you know, I've got a boyfriend and it's an, it's a, it's an AI. And I wonder if our open-mindedness, if we are open-minded at that point, will extend to, I have a digital, your, your, your child has a digital partner. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because it's funny how intrinsically my brain was like, well, that's not healthy. <laughs> my, like my first reaction yeah, to yeah, my yeah. brain was like, well, no, I mean, that's not a substitute for human connection. <laughs> but who the fuck knows? And then, and then who the fuck knows? And then, you know, from that... You know, you can imagine with, you know, the algorithm of today or the formula of today that there could potentially be some sort of um, prejudice against AI and then maybe an AI community that wants their voice to be heard. You know, I, I, these things can kind of um, trickle off each other potentially. Yeah. This, is all, this is all hypothetical, but like I just wonder what that is. It does an make anomaly that we can't think. It does make you wonder as well, like how quickly society is changing, whether the pace of that change is going to be faster and faster and whether at our age we'll be faced with an equivalent number of um, revolutionary shifts in in our culture and lives and, and society and, and humanity or whether we'll have more than our parents did because the technology is moving faster and and whether we'll be better positioned to handle that because we have had more experience earlier or whether it's just like this exponential thing where every generation is the yes. same level of incompetent at handling a f increasingly difficult or increasingly fast-moving cultural development. Yeah, well, um, technology and uh, culture and society... They, they move parallel, but they move at very different paces. And I do think that um, society takes way longer to catch up with technology, and that's part of the real danger that if technology is moving, and we're already seeing it, if technology is moving at an exponential rate, we are struggling to catch up with that and we're struggling to keep up with it. And it's causing a lot of – it's causing division and it's it's – it's I think I think that 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 chase, that chasing of technology with our values and with our culture uh, is a dangerous one at times. Well, and it's also uh, so geographically specific, right? Specific, like, yeah, it's the Western world and it's Silicon Valley who are making these kind of big technological developments, but, how does that play in somewhere like Japan where you have this interesting mix of like technological futurism in some respects, but like real antiquated, like social cons yeah. constructs. And you have the, um, gosh, I forget the, the name of them, but the, uh, the, there's a, a term for a, a sort of a Japanese incel, which is like this shut in who lives at home in a depressive state for months on end and, and doesn't uh, you know work or study or do anything, but it's sort of like this stu uh, studied phenomenon. I, I can't remember the name of it offhand, but that's obviously 
a byproduct. Is it called hiki, hiki, hikomori? Yeah, hikikomori. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for thank you for looking that up. Um, but there, there's already evidence of that intersection between like technology and culture having side effects in present day, and and you have to wonder whether the uh, like economic imbalances geographically around the world and cultural differences. Like we, again, you could look back to the Middle Eastern situation and, and wonder what is going to happen in a world where we're already witnessing like, uh, social media spread of, of false or misleading video and stuff from video games that's being used as ammunition in like a culture war between, you know, opposing sides. And if we're entering this phase where things aren't real and technology is evolving and getting away from us, I think the fact that it's not like a, a unified humanity is probably a detriment to the, you know, integration of that kind of technology because it's not going to play out the same everywhere across the world. It's not going to be purchased and implemented the same a across the world. And so I can only imagine that that will sort of splinter things even further. Yeah, um, you, you can imagine a world where there's certain certain countries, certain um, yeah, certain parts of the world that are rapidly accelerating and needing to interact with parts of the world that have either not embraced it to the same degree or just haven't been able to get there um, financially. Uh, you can imagine that disparity causing a lot of a lot of issues. Well, we already see differences in terms of the way that the EU regulates technology and financial markets and that sort of thing when it comes to, uh, you know, mandating things must have USB charges. That's one of the reasons that Apple put a new USB-C port in their iPhones rather than the Lightning port. Like they have a certain expectations mm. of regulation and business and technology. All those fucking cookie pop-ups which is like do you want to accept the cookies that come on every single fucking website and you're like reject reject like all this shit is because they mandated they needed a um you know the user needed the control for that kind of thing but that affects the entire world because it's not just european union citizens <laughs> visiting websites but that is in mm. sharp contrast to the like american style of of business development and of innovation where it's sort of like everyone for themselves, not that much in the way of like government regulation, a very states-based um, authority and that sort of thing. And that's already caused this difference in culture, I think, between the two places, difference in expectations. And it, it seems like it'll only get worse. Yeah, it's it's a very like, it, it, I think the, the idea of bringing up children in a such in a world where there are so many unknowns and an ever-growing list of unknowns is uh it needs to be a real conscious choice i think yeah um the the other thing that came so another ai sort of twist here is that meta has announced personality driven chatbots for use in their messaging apps like messenger and um, whatsapp presumably but celebrities like uh, Snoop Dogg, Mr. Beast, Tom Brady, Paris Hilton, Kendall, Gen Kendall Jenner um, have signed up and lent their voices to this chatbot effort. So you can now like send a message to a robot that gives you Paris Hilton personality back 
you know, like imagine celebrities. <laughs> you don't have to imagine, Michael. You can experience it for yourself. But like, imagine just wanting that though. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, at the same time, how many fucking millions of people would want to be able to message Taylor Smith, uh, Taylor Swift, um, you know, on Messenger Taylor every Smith, day? That, Taylor, yeah, Smith, Taylor Smith, a friend of mine from yeah. around the corner. <laughs> um but like uh, we're we're already talking about um like uh, actors and things scanning their likeness and giving their voice for future um roles and that kind of thing and now we're talking about at personality mimicry here as well where you could like speak to a synthetic version of someone you know like that's again getting close to this like her area where it's it's like can i can i scan my personality up so that after i'm gone my kids can interact with me and hear my voice again like why do you need a substitute father figure if you can just have a digital imprint of your father tell you that he loves you like this is we're verging yeah very i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind one of those as well <laughs> we're, we're verging very closely on what was science fiction now becoming science fact yeah, I guess with all the um, with all this change, change is the theme of the pod, isn't it? Yeah. Um, with all this change, there are the initial knee jerk response to it that we feel, you know, viscerally, and then there is all these other unintended or uh, by these byproducts that can actually be really beneficial. And I guess, yeah, part of our job as I was going to say podcasters. But I mean, just as humans, humans of the world <laughs> is to, yeah, I guess, try and embrace it as much as we can. Well, uh, and hope it's it good. Kill us. <laughs> yes, that's that's the big one that should underpin everything. Not wanting to die <laughs> is still one of my sort of core traits. So if we can continue that, that'd be great. Um, it's, it's good that you teed up podcaster, though, because here's my final AI bit of the um, of this sort of uh, triptych of updates. Um Spotify oh, is boy. testing AI-powered podcast language translation, mimicking the podcaster's own voice. Did you see this, Michael? No. Okay. Spotify is testing out a way. This is in uh, Variety. Spotify is testing out a way for podcasters to reach listeners in different languages using artificial intelligence technology that emulates the podcaster's own voice. So as part of the pilot, Spotify has worked with a select group of podcasters, including Dax Shepard and uh, Monica Padman from Armchair Expert, uh, The Ringers, Bill Simmons, a few others, to generate AI-powered voice translations in other languages, including Spanish, French, and German, for a few episodes. So you record in English, AI goes away, feeds it through a computer, feeds it through your voice model, and gives you Dax Shepard speaking German back to you so that you can understand wow. it in native language. Um, so this is using open AI technology. Wow. This is the recently released voice generation stuff we were just talking about, but now it's like a voice translated episode from these creators. Um, I'm gonna send you through a link here and we can just play a little bit here of the audio as well, but you can have a listen and tell me what you think. Cause I think <clears throat> that's instructive. I think this could be what we, uh... What we need to juice this puppy up, Nick, take this podcast global. Finally, we can have an international market. 
When you say the word toxicity, how are you defining that? You're, you're saying like toxic chemicals, chemicals que introducimos en nuestras vidas, en nuestra piel, consumimos, inhalamos, wow. tenemos a nuestro alrededor y que están en nuestros alimentos, etc. I hate that guy. Oh, Lex how Friedman. do you Get think? <laughs> o sea, a modo de consejo, ya que lo estamos platicando, a diario, ¿qué opinas sobre los problemas difíciles del mundo? You don't have to be in show business, but what I've discovered is how fun it is to have the same trabajo y poder hablar de eso todo el tiempo. Yeah, well. So, the future of uh, podcasting might be individual localized languages in the voice of the people who said it without them having to actually know or speak the other languages. That is insane. And That's so wild. Dax Shepard, I think, sounded a little bit not like Dax Shepard, but the others plausibly mm. sounded like the people who were actually speaking, which is incredibly impressive technologically and somewhat spooky <laughs> and like ethically confusing. Because if you can't, to me, it's like, well, I don't speak the language. So how do I know that it's accurately translated my words and yeah. intent into that other language? And I'm not accidentally saying like <laughs> unintended things you know, without my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, that that's the big thing. I mean, we, we're using a lot of translation technology now, which has gotten incredible. Like we're, I don't know if you've used the Google translation uh, yeah. app where you can you can use Hold the it camera and yeah. you can hover it and, and it just, uh, it will show you the English text. But that English text, you know, we're in Vietnam and we'll be like, oh, this looks good. Hover it, hover the camera over and it will be like uh, chicken's uh, chicken rice grandfather's uh, liver rice which yeah. it could be that it could be that in reality but like there is clearly some not yeah, there's a fuzzy inaccurate yeah. translation going on there yeah it's a bit clunky but that's cool it's very cool yeah who who would have thought that podcasting i mean if this takes off it's going to make podcasting explode even more than it has yeah. Who would have thought that podcasting in 2003 or whatever, when it first you know started to get some juice? Yeah, back when who the would have thought that podcasting iPod was would just <laughs> massive. Do you remember the Ricky Gervais show? Yeah, you know we both listened to. Like yeah. they started, and even they got out of it before podcasting. Even got they came, big, they came yeah. into it first, and they got out before. I well, mean, remember they, they were sold as like audio books. They weren't even like in an RSS yeah, feed. Yeah, yeah. It was like on the iTunes store, yeah, but it was yeah, different. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's crazy man. Twenty years now, I guess, since podcasting was a thing, and I mean, I think I was starting to listen to podcasts in year ten, which is like two thousand and four, two thousand and four mm -hmm. on. So like twenty years of it now. And I feel like I was a good 10 years ahead of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I can yeah. proudly, like, brag that I was, like, I was onto that way, way early. Um, and it has exploded in a way that I don't know that people would have expected, even back then. I, I never even listened to the radio anymore. Us, but... <laughs> oh, well. If you've enjoyed this, I am delighted that you are 
as delighted as I am by Michael and Lauren's exciting news. Congratulations again. Please feel free to reach out to them and send your best wishes in a variety of mechanisms. One of them it could be an Instagram message. One of them could be on a Facebook page. One of them could be deepfort at gmail.com. One of them is just a snail mail message to Vietnam. You could also leave a podcast review and jump on the Spotify, give us five stars, jump on your Apple podcast, you know, make people know how excited this episode made you and uh, tell others to listen too, because I'm sure they'd love to hear it, wouldn't you? It's a nice romantic story. What are you, a fucking asshole, you piece of shit? Sorry, I got a little bit aggressive. I just yeah, feel yeah. very protective yeah, of Michael. Yeah. Thank you, mate. I've, I've also got another segment idea here. Okay. Which I think you'll like. Okay. Um, but maybe maybe we can save it. Save it? You don't want to you don't want to try? Well, I, maybe I don't know. I don't know if it has Diff- a but let me all right. I'll I'll float it, I'll pitch it to you. Okay. Um but I was thinking we I was thinking of why was I thinking about this? You know, I'm thinking about animals all the time. And I was thinking about like, you know how kids in kids' books we teach them animal sounds. We'll teach them that cats go meow and uh-huh. cows go moo Uh but cats don't say meow and cows don't really go moo Uh so my my segment idea was that we try and work out what animal sounds are closest to the words that we associate with them making okay or vice versa what would the more onomatopoeic animal sound be oh that's good we can improve it improving it yeah yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down. Um, so you know, I, I think cats cats saying meow is is close, but they don't but say meow. Here, here's my here's the first sort of hurdle that I'm running into, is that we know that internationally animal sounds are expressed differently. So like in Germany, a cat doesn't say meow, and in Japan, a cat doesn't say meow. They have different names, which all feels like they're all trying to circle the same kind of idea. Right. right. And I, I, so my first thought is there, well, is that an English problem? And are there like other people that have done it better out there? Sure. But like famously in, in Germany, cats go, meow. <laughs> yeah, it's much more throaty. It's much, it's much sort of back in the back of the throat. It's a glottal kind and of in, thing. I can do Japan as well if you want. I'm not sure that we should. <laughs> I'm not sure that we should. Meow. Um, <laughs> Okay, actually, actually not bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the uh, I I feel like you're right that I've never heard a cat say meow, but I think it's also common for a cat to be to, for the the word of a cat to be phrased as a mew. Okay, and I think mew is often pretty close to what a cat sounds like. Meow. Yeah, you think it's a meow. I think there is an okay. M. I think I'd be pretty confident that a cat can make an M. And that's the other I think thing that's is the, that animals the closest one make can, different noises. Can... That's true. I think, I think sometimes the most there's ridiculous a rrr, one. There's, there's a real rrr cat noise. Sure. So, I mean, I you know what? Let's Maybe let's talk about the re- this, the ones that are just so, so out of the, the out of left field. Pigs do not say oink. They well, I think I've never heard a pink. I think that's a delivery problem. 
I think that it's been expressed on paper differently to the expectation about how you would say oink when recreating the the, the noise. Because I think it, I think it's got to be a bit more like oink. Like you've got to like you've got to. It's okay. a delivery problem. Okay. Okay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I guess I'm impressed with how how nasal you got with that. How <laughs> I commit, I commit, was, Michael. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> um, yeah, what else have we got? We got a maybe a snake. Snake is famously say. Well, that's a very good call. I don't think I've ever heard a snake made a noise at all. Mm. That's no, a need, uh, that's a very interesting uh, place to go because i don't i can't think of them making mouth noises the only noise i think of with a snake is a rattlesnake tail or maybe yeah. a slithering away but but they don't make do they say things do they have a voice well, in box the, in the book of genesis they say things <laughs> um sorry my ai is interrupting is your is your ai a man yeah well, I don't That's want a woman's advice. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you can't ask a woman to give you directions. What? Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, um, snake. I don't know if this has legs. No pun intended. Well, yeah. Uh, what else? What, what else we got? Donkey. Hee haw. Eeyore. That's not bad, actually. It's not bad. Eeyore. Yeah, yeah, I heard it. That's not bad. That's uh, not bad. What about a whale? The... There's a sort of the whale I... song trope. I don't think we have a... No, that's that's nothing. <laughs> I don't think we have a sound for the whales. It's like there's like high-profile animals and they're usually barnyard animals. You know what You know what I am, I'm, I think is way off? Cheap or chirp for a bird. I don't think they that you're anywhere close. Most birds are not saying cheap or chirp. I think that's nowhere near. That's totally an embarrassment. Agree. And that <laughs> that's embarrassing. Um, it's also quite prolific in terms of uh, the vernacular. You know, like chirping. Chirping is its own word. It's Tweet. not just a. It's not. You wouldn't say eoing, but you yeah. say chirping for yeah. You know, or tweeting. Yeah. Tweet. Tweet. Yeah. Tweet. 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 I guess that might be something. Mm. I think the problem here is there's such a diversity of birds that trying to like generalize any kind of noise when there's so many different types is is a fool's errand. Why do we even bother? Yes. Yeah. Imagine talking to an eagle and going, "Oh, yeah, so yeah. you've been chirping a lot cheep, lately." He's like, "Chirping? Are you kidding me? Chirping? You fucking racist! Ah! <laughs> you think that's a chirp? Do you think that's a chirp?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been putting our foot in it all this time, and they've been too polite to let us know. I really redlined on that uh, eagle scream. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry That's about okay. that. Yeah, we've we've maxed out. You know what's interesting? Fish don't have one. Well, I guess they don't really make noises. That's probably the same reason. And yet, snake has a ostensible noise. Hmm. Hmm. Snake, snakes are a lot of what is it? Onomatopoeia. Is that yep. what we're talking about? Yeah, well, yeah, we are. Sl- slither. No, no animal has onomatopoeia down pat than a snake. 
like a slithering, slithering snake, you know? I wonder if it is biblical, though, if it has something to do with it. Well, I don't know that there's an onomatopoeia in terms of snake. Well, I mean, it's like a snake. It's, it's got a sibilant snake. kind of sound, which is what you're getting at, yeah. But, like, the 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 noun for the animal and the the main verb of the animal like a slithering snake and then that we've said that snakes go you know there's yeah. something to that <laughs> i mean to me that sounds incredibly tenuous but i'm i'm happy not to you know point that out and for you to just make that point you know what i would really love if 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 someone actually stayed to the end <laughs> Because they, they heard us say at the start that we were going to say it. <laughs> solve, solve the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And we just, we just <laughs> talked just about Michael making eagle noises. <laughs> Psych. We have no answers. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this was a real um, episode of highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs>